Harvest Australia Church podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. Ephesians chapter 3. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. We've got it up on the screen. I'm reading it from the New Living Translation. And uh, Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says, And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Verse 20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish indefinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. A few things I want to just highlight from this that I've been dwelling on this week. And um, I, I feel like the older I'm getting, the more I'm seeing the sovereignty of God at work. Um, and I'm not completely uh, what you'd call a Calvinist. However, most of you will know when you're going through a re- very, very rough time, dry time, confusing time, maybe things you just cannot solve yourself. You've tried, you've fasted, you've prayed, you've done everything you possibly know how. You've claimed it, you've named it, you've faithed it, you've read the scriptures over and over your situations and still nothing's happening. That's when you know that you actually do believe in the sovereignty of God because you've got nowhere else to go but rely on Him. You've got nothing else you can humanly do than trust somehow He knows what He's doing and He's going to bring out a good outcome out of this situation. Even though in and of yourself, you know, I want to do more. I want to break down these walls, break the chains, and you've done oil, you've done, you know, you may have even tried different versions of oil just to see if your olive oil was stagnant or something. Just, it wasn't holy enough. So just try some coconut oil, and let's try some almond oil. or Something, something's got to work. But it still doesn't work because in and of ourselves, we need a sovereign God. We need an all-powerful, all-knowing God. And it's at times when we're faced with challenges that we actually discover the power of the sovereignty of God. Now, as I said, I'm not exclusively a sovereignty of God uh, uh, believer in the sense of everything is sovereign. We don't need to do anything. We don't have much responsibility. It's the sovereignty of God, not man's responsibility. I'm a hybrid between those two uh, theologies, if you like. But At times when we need to explore the depths of God, we realize his sovereignty is actually a blessing because he knows better than we do. Even when we try and we try and we try, God still brings about his plans and his purposes, even in our weakness. And so if we look at um, Ephesians 3.18 again, I just want to bring out a couple of things. In verse 18, 
we see Paul explaining here, and he says, and, and may you have the power to understand. This is the knowing. In verse 18, Paul's saying, I pray that you would have the knowledge about God. And then in verse 19, he goes on and says, may you experience the love of God. So first he's saying, may you know, as in may your intellect know about God and the love of God. Then he says, may you experience the love of God. See, a lot of people have a problem when God begins moving. Some people are radically touched by the presence of God in a certain way. And some people don't understand what's going on. Well, they're the Ephesians 3.19 people. They're experiencing the love of God. Other people can stand in a room like me. I can be in a meeting with 10,000 people all falling down, shaking under the power of God, and I won't do that. I'm an Ephesians 3.18 person. I will know that God is present. I remember being in Africa and uh, with a, uh, an evangelist with a, still to this day, the strongest anointing of one person I've ever seen. And I remember being in the meeting and, um, you know, dad, I went with dad and, and straight away he's sensing God's presence and God whacked him and blasted him actually. and He hit a, hit a door. <laughs> it was quite dramatic. Um, I don't think he'd mind me saying that, but, you know, just it was kind of very dramatic actually. But Anyway, so I'm, I'm there. We've been there four or five days, and I was just taking everything in, just knowing. <laughs> Ephesians 3.18, I was just knowing, seeing what's going on, and, you know, intellectually trying to decipher, okay, is this weird? Is it cult? Is it, you know, is it legit? And so after a few days, I went to one of the nights uh, with the New Christian Nights, and there was, you know, maybe a 1,000 people there. And, and, um, and the moment this guy walked in, I could just sense, and it was almost a knowing rather than an experiencing. And it's, it's helpful for us to know this because when we realize that we're all different, we're built differently sensorily, aren't we? Some people sense, have a higher sensorary. Some people are high seers. Some people are feelers. Some people are knowers. There's nothing wrong with being a knower. There's nothing wrong with being an understander. And that's what Paul's saying here, that, you know, I pray that you would know the love of God, but that you would also experience the love of God. Both are good. And there's nothing wrong with having a realization of both of those things. And, and to be honest with you, I actually, uh, let me fin finish my story. So this guy walks in and, and I, could, I knew that there was a whirring of the spirit uh, below my knees. I couldn't feel it. But I knew that there was a, just a whirring in the whole room as this guy was walking down. And it was like this strong wind at below knee level. And um, I remember thinking, gosh, what is that? You know, I look at the doors and make sure the doors aren't open. And, you know, all the intellectual skepticism kind of techniques or, or things. But I just knew that the wind of the presence of the Lord was there. And sometimes we will know both are right, whether we experience it and we can actually, and some people explain things differently. And a lot of people these days get, get especially if, if you're a, a really strong conservative word person, you get really caught up on 
um, different ways people word things, especially, you know, if someone mentions something in the spirit realm, and, and maybe they're the type of person who uses language, you know, kind of mystical language. Well, that really sets off conservative people. They cannot handle any mystical language because it's, you know, it's just like out there. It's, it's out there, isn't it? It'd be like Ryan having dreadlocks. It's out there. But this is why I believe Paul, the great apostle he was, actually teaches us, the church, that actually we need people who know about the presence of God, who know God, and people who experience him. Now, ideally, we would be people that carry both. Because if we know him and we know his word and we experience him, then we're going to have a great complement, a balanced, mature, healthy, vibrant believers who can both articulate the gospel and demonstrate the gospel. And this is what the apostle Peter did before he even knew what he was doing. On the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 1, 8 and 2, Clearly, we see the wind of the Spirit, the fire of God, come on the day of Pentecost and be released upon the believers. And then he gets up with a fantastic, articulate sermon. So we have the experience of God and the knowing of God combining to provide an apostolic framework, not just a revival train that's not going anywhere. See, this is the danger, and this is what even, even charismatic church these days, if all we do is feed ourselves on a, a revival train of itinerants, 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 and just mystics, then we're going to miss the whole group of Christianity who are word people who need to experience the love of God and the mystical realms of God, but they can't handle the mystical stuff first. They need the love first. You've probably tried it. Slap, slap a conservative with mystic stuff first. The door's closed. You have no more influence with those people. No more influence. But try loving them and understanding them. Even listen to a little bit of their theological argument for as long as you can handle. I can't handle too long. I'm just like, dude, let's have a coffee. Seriously, I can't argue this point. You know, it's too heavy. It's too much. You know way more than me. I'm okay with that. And I see this on Facebook sometimes, just people trying to be so deep and trying to sort of stretch theological realms and bind everyone together. It just doesn't work. But when someone experiences the love of God, maybe through what we can say or maybe through a demonstration of his power, then we're on a whole new level. We're on a whole new level. Arguing's never worked, but demonstration has. And I think that's the combination that Paul's getting to here, that when we combine the knowledge of God and the experience of God together, we become powerful people. Verse 20 then sort of summarizes it for me. And he says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish indefinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus. A few things I want to say on this. Interesting that he says, um, to accomplish indefinitely more than we might ask or think. That's the sovereignty of God. Indefinitely more than we might even ask or think. Here we are. We're, we're fighting for breakthrough. We're, we're wanting to see God's kingdom released. And we're doing everything we can. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We're all doing that. But ultimately, God wants so much more. 
He wants so much more. He's already thinking bigger than we are. He's already thinking about more influence. He's setting up agents, secret agents, public agents all over the place to, to proclaim the gospel, to do great things. Some are in hiding, some are made known. And it doesn't matter. He's, he is at work. We can be assured it doesn't matter what next Donald Trump tweets. God is still on the throne. The media is so hung up on what's he going to tweet today or tomorrow or next week. Who cares? God is still in control. And, and, you know, even in our political system, hey, we're in a specific season right now. By the way, okay, pause. We've printed out how to vote things for the plebiscite. I think we've put them up the back on one of the wine barrels. And, um, and so please grab one. It just explains about the plebiscite. And, uh, and yeah, make sure you're enrolled. Make sure you do everything you can. Probably enough said, but, uh, you know, we want to stand clearly, strongly, unapologetically on Christian marriage, man and a woman, and for families and for everything that that stands for. So please make sure you, you do because, yeah, our voice needs to be heard, right? And, uh, yeah, enough said. So verse 20, um, to accomplish indefinitely more than we might ask or think, glory to him in the church. It's interesting how he finishes with this. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations. When we as the church get this, when we get about actually being a people who experience God's love and know God's love and know how to articulate God's love, and we're not necessarily jostling for position or fighting for attention, but we know who we are. It's disarming being around a person who really knows who they are. They don't have to prove anything to you. In fact, they're not even necessarily big talkers sometimes. I This week, just hanging out with some of the pastors and, and uh, in, in the pastor's lounge in Stairway and um, Bill Johnson was in there and of course I'm not going to go up and ask for his signature. I asked someone else to do that for me. <laughs> but... Um, but he, he just came up and he was talking to some of the guys and, you know, so it's just a meter and I'm looking at him going, what do you say to the general? What do you say? You know, like, you know, we've seen him so much. Anyway, so oh, another pause. Jill and Dennis, 50th wedding anniversary this week, right? Congratulations. Congratulations. 50 years. That's fantastic. I think that's it for intermissions at this stage. But it's a really, really powerful thing when we know how much we really have invested inside of us, Christ inside of us. That's what Paul says, Christ in us. When we know how much we have in him, we don't have to vie. We don't have to uh, burn ourselves out. We don't have to stretch ourselves ridiculously so that we actually can finally get that breakthrough. God is in control. And if you're tired of striving for acceptance, if you're tired of striving for finally that promotion that might eventually come, let me tell you, God's already in control. He already has it mapped out. He already knows what's coming next week. He knows what's coming in a, a few months' time. 
And sometimes all it takes is this miraculous, mysterious, strange, annoying sometimes thing called faith. Faith that he's in control. Faith that he knows you better than you know yourself. And you know what? Sometimes it takes the pressure off. It can be hard work, tiring work, trying to please everyone, can't it? Trying to just, you know, look right, sound right, smell right. I don't mind a good smell, but, but it can be tiring. It can be tiring. I've got to stick to my notes, but I do want, I do want one more just intermission, okay? Last one. If you have no idea what a ripple is or a Bitcoin is, you're going to hear about these things in the next year. I'm, tell, I'm being serious. You're going to hear about these things. Come to the Wealth Seminar. <laughs> because I want to explain. There's some things going on right now in the world that I want to explain. But also, there's, there's also people that go around and, and say about, uh, you know, cashless society and this is the end and doom and gloom. I look at cashless society now and say, we can make a lot of money from that. And so I want to explain how you can... I want to explain how you can. I'm sorry if that's irreverent, but why should Christians be the dumb ones who miss out? You know, I mean, seriously, why would we, we just say, oh, cash society, doom and gloom, one world government, all this sort of stuff. And hey, there's stuff going on. But what, what if God actually turns that around and says, hey, in this situation, you can actually benefit. So there you go. Final one. And I know, I know this is just a mishmash today, but I hope you're okay with that. Awesome. I like this side. Yeah, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling good. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> what? Hey, what? Well, to be honest with you, I didn't say anything. Because what do you say to Bill Johnson? <laughs> you sort of just go a little bit blank, you know. Anyway. Yeah, nothing. Sometimes the struggle for us comes when God is silent. And this, this is actually what I was going to, I was going to, I started writing this during the week and I titled it, When God is Silent. Because there's times in our life where the voice of God is completely silent. And what came to me as I was thinking about my life, our lives, and just thinking about our journey and thinking of Scripture that talks about this, there's actually a lot of Scripture that talks about when God is silent. Do a search on it. I found heaps of them. I mean, David cries out because God's not answering him. And, and there's, other, you know, uh, there's others. There's heaps of others. In fact, I was going to read lots this morning. I thought, no, it's too much. But do a little search for yourself. If you found the voice of God fairly silent, you're in good company. You're in company with some great fathers of the faith. And almost every believer will have seasons of their life where the Lord's voice seems to be a bit more void. And I've come to the conclusion that when God is silent, he's saying something. When he's not saying what we want him to say, he's probably leading us to find the answer in him another way. And so then we actually 
navigate deeper, don't we? We go a little bit deeper than we normally would. You think of it if he answered us instantly every time. It would just be like, wow, sugar, instant sugar hit every time. We know we're just going to get that. But then there's seasons where we can't hear his voice. And what do we do? We go in. We go deeper. We ask him, Lord, why, why am I going through this situation in my life? I can remember, and you know, I, I've told this story many times, but um, well, for both Karen and I and for Karen in particular, when she was really in full burnout mode and it wasn't good. And, uh, and you know, she wasn't active at all and, and things, and, and we were praying every single day. We would pray two, three times, laying on hands, pray over her, declare God's word, do all the right things. And still there was not that miraculous breakthrough. And we look now, some years later, and we say, Wow, what a journey God's taken us on, but what an amount of inheritance that we wouldn't have if it weren't for that journey. What an amount of depth, sinking into him, trusting in him, and and stop doing all sorts of things so that we can actually follow him and learn from him, learn from others that he put us in contact with in Germany and, and all over, and just that inheritance that he has released. He's done the same thing in business. You know, I remember when we were fighting numerous law sort of suits against us, so to speak, and we were, there was all sorts of demands on us and things weren't looking good. And I remember standing out my window, office window, I can remember it so clearly, standing out there going, well, and I might have even used some expletives, okay, to God. He can handle my expletives. Uh, he's bigger than that, right? But... When you're that frustrated, you just got to let it out, right? You just got to get it out. Sometimes we get so stuffy, we bottle it all up and you know, we try to stay holy. God's not offended by us telling him what we think. And so I was doing that, I think. And, um, and anyway, I can remember just saying, why on earth, why on earth would you set us up with all this, running a business and influence, doing all this stuff. We're giving a lot of money away to missions. See that? Manipulation. That's, that's what you're doing when you do that. I'm manipulating him. God cannot be manipulated. Remember, he's sovereign. He doesn't play our games. You know, he just, he just doesn't play our games. He, he just, you know, um, I don't know if you've ever seen when someone answers you back with a text and they do P-F-F-F-T. That's what he does sometimes to us. Just like, you're trying to manipulate me. Forget it. Doesn't work with him. Bribery doesn't work. Manipulate. He's way above that. He's way above that. He's so sovereign. He can see our pain. He knows what we're going through. And he knows the outcome. He knows he's bringing out wisdom and character through the sufferings and perseverance. Romans 5 talks about that. And he's bringing an inheritance and a, and a royalty that we wouldn't have had otherwise. So when God is silent, he's saying something. If he's silent to you recently in the last month, some of you might say, hey, it's been a long journey for me. It's been 10 years of silence. He's saying something in the silence. His, his voice is saying something. I often find that when there's silence, it makes me go to the Word of God. It should be the foundation of every prophetic conference is hearing the prophetic. Ryan said it last week. Hearing the prophetic, the highest level is here. Not from a man or a woman. The highest level of the prophetic utterance is here. 
And so when we're rooted and grounded in that, and when we read that, we actually begin hearing his voice. Sometimes we're wanting the audible voice. I've never heard the audible voice of God, and yet I know I've heard his, his leading to me and through me. And so sometimes we get these mindsets, and particularly if you love, you know, signs and wonders and the, the great stuff of the, of the demonstration of, of our faith, then you'll, you'll follow some of this stuff, but you can sometimes set yourself up of having to have that experience. You might be a Noah who will experience. You might be a Ephesians 3.18, someone who knows and understands and, and can uh, can explain the word of God. And then through that, people experience the love of God. Both are right. Neither is wrong. If we only focus on experience, we will only go so deep. We'll be a shallow people. And so when we put them both together, we find that healthy, deep roots that go right down. In fact, I think up a little higher in Ephesians chapter 3, actually, Paul starts with that, that the love of God is, is what the deep roots want to go into. So when we grow in love, when we grow our love bigger than our gift, then we become an influential people. Then we become an influential people. I had, I had someone comment on some of the seminars that we're running and so sort of say, you know, why are you doing that? And, and I'm thinking... You know, seriously, you'd happily go along to one of these seminars, you know, at a different club or a secular convention center or something like that. Why shouldn't the church be actually leading in some of these areas? Why shouldn't we? You know, we're, we're the ecclesia. We're the ecclesia. We're the called out ones of leaders. That's what it means, the ecclesia, the called out ones of influential people called out to gather together to, you know, uh, to have a meeting, so to speak, to say, how are we going to strategically see this city influenced and saved for the name and the glory of Jesus? That's what we're called to be. And each and every one of us has a part in that. No one misses out. You would never see a family operating rightly where one kid misses out because he or she doesn't have the gifting or, you know, one, one person gets everything. It just doesn't happen. Kingdom family means everyone gets to participate. Everyone gets to participate. Everyone gets to participate. Everyone can love. Everyone can love. Everyone can pray. Everyone can read their Bible. Everyone can give. I mean, these are the most powerful things that we have. And everyone in the room gets to participate. And it's, it's amazing when we realize that sometimes what we've been praying for for decades lies within. It lies within. We're not waiting for something dramatic to happen. And hey, if something dramatic happens, let it happen. But there's something dramatic, someone dramatic, lying within us. He's within us. I'll read it to you again from Ephesians 3, if I can find it. Ephesians 3, I reckon it is 19, not 18. No, actually, it is 20. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish indefinitely more than we might ask or think. Christ in us. Christ is in you. If you believe in him, Christ, the hope of glory, is in you, sitting there. Right now, today, you don't have to wait till next week for Christ to all of a sudden anoint you. He's anointed you because he's in you. 
You don't have to wait for a a prophet to come and call you out of a crowd. Hey, we love that stuff. Go for it. Bring it on. However, you don't have to wait for that. We don't have to wait for some word from an Elijah-less prophet or something like that to say, Morphet Vale is finally, your number is up. It is so flaming tiring waiting for something like that to happen, isn't it? Christ within you right now. Christ, he rose from the dead. Yeah, give yourself a hand. He's in you. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I love prophecy. But sometimes we wait and we wait and we wait and we watch and we're looking at all this stuff and we're feeding ourselves. Nothing wrong with that. We love that stuff. However, Christ is in you today. The Redeemer. Do you know the problems that we think are problems, he's sitting there just... He doesn't have an issue solving problems. He has an issue getting us to a place of obedience and sometimes yielding. Would you just shut up for a minute? (laughs) I'd say that to myself if I were God. I'd just, just shut up for a minute and just watch. Just listen. Just, do you know what I mean? That's the deeper stuff, the deeper stuff. Let's stand. I want the worship team to come up. Just lift your hands and we just want to pray together as, 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 as kingdom family today and just see what he wants to do. Let him refresh you. Hopefully that's encouraging somehow, somewhere, maybe one little line. <laughs> I'm sorry for the intermissions and interventions, but, you know, my mind is just crazy up there sometimes. So, Lord, we just, we give stuff to you today. And, Lord, we ask that you would come and fill us with great knowledge, great love, great demonstration of you in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of Onkaparinga and Marion and Sturt and all the other council regions in this area. Christ, you in us. Lord, let us see and know and feel your very power and love vibrating us today. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and that you would make the gospel so real to us that we wouldn't have to try. We wouldn't have to try that Christ in us, the hope of glory would just ooze out of us. Your love and your power. Your love and your power. Holy Spirit, come today. Come today. Just begin to ask Him. Just begin to ask Him to come and just empower you afresh. Empower you afresh with opportunities, with demonstration of His love and power. He might give you ideas. He might give you concepts. He might expand your mind into a new realm that you never really thought of before. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Christ is in you today. Christ is in you today. Some of you just need to hear that and get an absolute revelation of what that means. The same man who was flogged and killed, buried, rose from the dead, 
And hundreds other who were in their graves rose as well at the same time. And his power resides, that same power, that same person is in you today. What problems do you have? Give them to him. He's in you. What issues do you have? He's in you right now. Right now. Christ, the man, God. That incredible, mystical relationship, transaction that no one can truly comprehend. He's in you today. Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that you just come into this room right now. And that you would make, make real, make real the incredible love of God. You'd pour out your love upon us today. Pour out your love. Pour out your love. Pour out your love. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit.